the greatness of our God. Amen. He's always that though. Tradition. If I say that word, what, what comes to mind when I say tradition? There's good and there's bad, right? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we love going to high school football games and they're, they're going to uh, do the national anthem. Somebody might sing it or we might play it, right? Um, in, in some places still in the South, uh, there, somebody might even pray right? um, on, this, on, this, on the speaker, which is kind of neat. Um, you think like, you know, getting, getting, receiving and giving gifts on birthdays, that's a good tradition, right? We, even us older ones like that. Uh, like to get something every now and then, or or saying a toast at a wedding, which I've seen some pretty um, interesting toasts in my time. All right, uh, but that's a that's a good one. The father daughter dance, you know, is always always great too. Fried chicken at church potlucks. All right, come on, man, that's a good tradition. Amen, amen on that, right, brother? Or chili, right? Brother Tom, there you go. Um, uh, you know, Barney, Barney, remember Barney the dinosaur? I love you. You love me. Um, uh, he he sings. He's no, don't do it. Uh, Caitlin tells me not to do it, but he sings about a family tradition. But some of us, I bet, will know uh, a different singer who sang about a family tradition, right? Hank Williams. Uh, um, you know, it's a family tradition. Sorry, Miss Jan. All right, I'll keep you in for a little. While. Um, but then there's some traditions that aren't aren't very good, right? I mean, uh, I'm not going to go in great detail there, but thinking like in you know in the world today, there are some pretty awful traditions um early childhood marriages in some countries you know uh um honor killings honor killings well you you kill somebody in my tribe i'm gonna kill you know uh somebody in another one or uh scarification all right where you you know you actually you know like actually put a scar on a child you know uh, uh to make them be part of the group so obviously there's some bad ones so when the, so there's good and there's bad so with this in mind um, the next two weeks, so this is part one, and it's not up there because it's not working, all right, but this is number 10, Mark, uh, going through the book of Mark, this is sermon number 10, we're going to be in Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, so I have to remember, help me, I'll, I'm sorry if I go too fast today because I'm used to having that behind me, so I'll do my best and to, to help me show a little more patience, if I do, just put your hand up, say, Brother Patrick, slow down, all right, uh, that was one of my problems, I remember um, when I had to say a speech at high school graduation, they kept telling me, you've got to slow down, Patrick, you've got to slow down, uh, but anyway, uh, and I still have to work on that to this day, um, and some of you are like, yeah, brother, I, I know, we hear it every Sunday, um, but, but anyway, Anyway, um, it is in Mark chapter 2, 23 through 28. And, and this question, the, the title of today, this week, and next week is Questions for the Sabbath. And part one today is Refreshment versus Ritual. Next week it will be Healing versus Heritage. So, you know, and we, last week we looked at the fact that Jesus brought a, a new era of joy, right? You remember we, we made a big deal about uh, you go to a wedding back then and you were commanded to do one thing. And what was it? Have fun. You know, uh, and, and we, we talked and Jesus is like, man, you know, I'm here. There's a time for fasting, but not while I'm here. And, and uh, the new replacing the old. And then, and so in the same way, we see Jesus being challenged again by, by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders about the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is very, very important tradition for the Israelites, okay? It's more than just a tradition. It was a commandment at the time. And we're going to look at, at that here in a moment. Um, but I, I, I think you're going to see in each message, we're going to look at a situation, a question, and a response, okay? So that's kind of the, the outline that we're going to follow this week and next week. 
Um, now, the Sabbath would have been on Saturday back then, and again, it would have been very important to the Israelites, but sometimes tradition gets in the way. All right? And the central statement that we're going to uh, go th- have this week next week is, while traditions are important, they shouldn't interfere with what Jesus desires because He is the supreme authority. Okay? He is the great and awesome God, like you heard us sing uh, several times this morning about. So before we, we get into the meat there, um, I, want, I want to look at this idea of uh, refreshment and ritual before we, before we get into it. Uh, if, you know, kind of a prolonged introduction, if you will, this morning. And, and, and when I, the thing I thought about, because I struggle with this one, by the way. So prayers appreciated even now. I, you know, I always appreciate you continue to pray for me. I, my mom, I, I, I tell my mom every Sunday morning, love you, and she'll, she'll tell me she's praying for me. She'll send me praying hands. And I said, Mom, I need you to pray harder today All right, because I'm struggling with this one. All right, so prayers appreciated as we go through it. Um, but I, I got to thinking about an old basketball player named Josh Jones at Hamlin County High School. And, um, one of my favorites, he's doing well, married and has, some kid, has kids there, has a family, lives in Orlando. But when he was uh, in high school, we, would, we were invited to play in Ocala, um, my second, uh, third year coaching, um, because we had a really good year the year before, and it was a prestigious prestigious uh, event, prestigious tournament called the Kingdom of the Sun in Ocala. I mean, you, it was invitation only, all right? And we were one of, we, we might have been the smallest school there. We probably were the smallest school uh, that was invited. And we, you know, you, you had teams, we played against teams from Washington, D.C., uh, you know, and, and you had teams all over. And we had to play at like 9 o'clock in the morning, okay? And so we go to bed, and I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in the room with three guys. I'm in the bed with Josh. He's my best player. Okay, and Josh, about three thirty in the morning, I, look, I I wake up and there's lights flashing off the wall. I'm like, what? What in the world? And I look over and Josh has his phone texting some girl. And I said, Josh, well, what in the world, son? It's three thirty in the morning. Oh, I got to text this girl back, Coach. I got you know, Coach. I got to text this girl back. I said, the girl can wait. All right, we play basketball in like five hours. Okay, and so, uh, but but you know, it got me thinking about how many times I've told students that they need to get rest. You know, and I told them how research shows that, that you, you know, the less rest you get, the dumber you are. You know, and I say it just like that to get their attention. You know, and every time I say it, the students are like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, that's the truth. All right, check the stats. But anyway, so it got me thinking about the idea of stress, right? And, and, um, and I did just, so this is a small, limited research, okay? Uh, but it, this is from two, 2020. It said 78% of Americans say COVID was a significant source of stress. 78%. I would say it's probably higher than that. Okay. Um, two out of three adults say they have experienced increased stress from, from COVID. And again, I think it's probably higher. All right. Y'all stay with me. There's a lot of numbers there. Okay. But, and then the question was, well, does that uh, stress affect others? And nearly half report that their behavior was negatively affected because of the stress. Um, for instance, uh, it says that, they, that 21% said that they had increased tension in their bodies. Uh, 20% admitted to snapping or getting very angry very quickly at people. Um, and then 20% had, un- had unexpected mood swings. 17% uh, admitted to screaming or yelling at a loved one. Okay. Uh, again, those seem like small numbers to me. Okay. But still, um, in addition, it says the majority of adults uh, said this. Healthcare, 66% had uh, said healthcare. And then mass shootings and global warming were all pretty high as far as significant stressors for us in America. Going on, it said nearly two out of three adults say that the current amount of uncertainty in the nation caused stress 
and three out of five said the issues in America that we face currently was overwhelming to them. Y'all get the point? Okay, that's a lot of numbers, Brother Patrick. But um, And this is before gas prices here the last couple weeks, right? I mean, I thought I was going to have to take out a loan to get gas yesterday. All right? I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to go get gas. Um, so in addition, and we'll look at very briefly about restlessness, it says about, about half of Americans say that they feel sleepy um, during the day, three to, seven, you know, uh, three to five days a week. Okay, um, 35% say they get less than seven hours a night of sleep, and 58% of middle schoolers and 73% of high schoolers do not get the recommended amount of sleep. So we, the whole point, there's a, there's a lot of restlessness, stress. Um, people have a hard time sleeping. I can tell, tell you that Sally, she has a hard time taking a nap on Sundays because every little thing wakes her up, you know. That's not my problem. I'm going to talk more about that later. But anyway, um, so while so as we get back to this, the idea this week is refreshment versus ritual. So this, you know, like Coach, go, I mean, Patrick, go ahead and get into it. Right, Brother Tommy? All right, this, all right here we go. Um, so verses 23 and 24, right? On the Sabbath... He, Jesus, was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Okay, now, again, pause. Remember last week when I said it feels like the Pharisees just pop up out of nowhere? Okay, where did they come from? All right, uh, I, on the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing, why are they not doing, why are they doing what's unlawful? Where did they come from? Were they following them? Like what? I don't, like I'm just, that's something I want to know when I get to heaven. Like where, where were they? Were they just like planted all over the place? Oh, pop up. Pharisee, oh, you're doing wrong. Like it was, it, it's just strange. It's strange, okay? Um, and so the situation and the question are, is together here. See, the question, the situation is they're going through and, they're, and the, uh, the disciples are hungry and they're picking heads of grain, all right? And, you, and they're you're eating, they're, a little hung, they're hungry. And, and the question is, why are they doing that? The situation, and here's the question. So basically, and notice, I want you to notice, was Jesus eating it? No. It didn't say Jesus did. It said his disciples were. Okay? Um, but anyway, back to this. So, so basically there's nothing, there really wasn't anything wrong with what they did. All right? Uh, again, it's, uh, it, it was when they did it. In fact, in Deuteronomy 23, verse 25, let me just read that to you before, to, rather than go into it. When you enter your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck heads of grain with your hand, but do not put a sickle to your neighbor's grain. So it was okay, all right, to pick, pluck heads of grain. So it's not what they did. It was when they did it. So if you want to turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, or if you just want to listen, I, I can read it to you. Uh, I know some people like to, to go along. There's Exodus 20, verses 9 through 11. It says, you are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them uh, in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. So this is important. Okay? Uh, don't you have to turn to it, but Exodus 34 verse 21 says, You are to labor six days, but you must rest on the seventh day. You must re even rest during plowing and harvesting times. So the big question is for this is refreshment versus ritual, which we haven't seen, you know, everything there yet. But the idea is, like, why are they eating? Why are they doing that? Um, I can remember growing up when, when, I don't know why I remember this, but I can remember one Sunday uh, when my dad was like, we got to pick greens today. All right? And I'm like, but that is, 
It's, it's Sunday. Man, we're supposed to be Sabbath, man. We're supposed to be day of rest. You know, I don't want to pick no greens. You know, of course, I, I think I told Miss, Miss uh, Jan that Jan this, but I was always a type, like, I was like, hey, more collards for everybody. No one wants turnips. Now, if you know anything about greens, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Getting 20 dozen collars is nothing. Getting five dozen turnips takes forever, all right? Because uh, you got to pull it in, right? But anyway, I, I know what I'm talking about, all right? I, I grew up in it, all right? But um, I, I, it was more laziness, to be honest with you. I just didn't want to do it that Sunday. I want to watch the football games or whatever. But anyway, uh, uh, I hope Daddy's not listening. But I can remember, man, I can't believe I'm going to do that on Sunday, you know? Um, you know, if you recall, last week we looked at the idea of fasting, Right, which was very important when we, we went and we, we, we mentioned how um, we brought out how the Pharisees took it further than it should have been. Um, and, and just stay with me as I give you some background uh, from James Edwards and David Gusick about, and it's extensive, but I think it's worthwhile, okay, that you hear some of this background information. Because, again, the point is that, you know, ritual was so important, so important, so important that they questioned these guys for eating, okay? Uh, and so just stay with me for just a minute because. The, the first point is that the, the, here in America, like it's a hard, we have a hard time really understanding this um, because uh, modern readers, we're at a disadvantage in understanding how important uh, the Sabbath was in, in Judaism. All right? It was very, very important. Uh, and I'm going to try to bring that out here. So um, two observances above all define Jews and set them apart from the nations. And some of y'all probably know this, circumcision and a Sabbath. Okay, it was very, very important. Um, and, and Sabbath extended from sunset Friday until sunset Saturday. All right. The fourth commandment, the longest of the Ten Commandments, enjoins Jews to abstain from every kind of labor since God himself had rested on the seventh day of creation. All right, next. Included in Sabbath rest were not only observant Jews, but also slaves and animals and even vegetation, which could not be cut, plucked, or uprooted. Okay, stay with me. According to Jewish tradition, God chose Israel from all the peoples of the earth and instituted the Sabbath as an eternal sign and blessing of Israel's unique status. So it was very important to them, okay? It was a family tradition, if you will, and sing it with Hank Williams' twang, okay? All right, but it was, it was a, a family tradition, but very, very important. It was a whole country tradition there. Uh, the Shabbat um, says that they, they offer some very... Uh, and interesting guidance on what was deemed permissible on the Sabbath. Um, the Talmud describes the Sabbath as a holy ordinance of God and ordains that whoever observes the Sabbath becomes a partner with God in the creation of the world and brings salvation to the world. Yes, a little bit further. The Dead Sea Scrolls preserve the most rigorous Sabbath regulations in Judaism. Listen, forbidding even the carrying of children. So I guess if they were just a baby, they just crawled. I don't know. Okay. Um, giving of help to birthing animals couldn't help help a cow, you know, or, you know, have a calf, um, and, and, uh, or the retrieval of an animal falling into a pit on the Sabbath. Okay? Oh, well. Just go ahead and die animal, I guess. The Pharisaic and Rabbinic traditions were only slightly less rigorous in their interpretation. Um, the Mishnah lists 39 classes of work that profane the Sabbath. All right? Can you imagine living in a time, you know, where... Uh, you had all these rules and regulations that you had to abide by, right? Uh, and listen, um, so some of the ones that they couldn't do, uh, plowing, hunting, butchering, um, and those we would not uh, um, expect, uh, such as tying of loosening knots, uh, sewing more than one stitch, or writing more than one letter. <laughs> okay, so I guess it would work. Uh, I, 
Anyway, uh, get that later. The general rule of observance uh, was not to begin a work that might extend over to the Sabbath. All right, so you had to be careful on Friday. All right, that it wouldn't carry over. Okay, and not to do any work on the Sabbath that was that that was not absolutely necessary. By necessary meaning life endangering. Okay, almost almost done. I'm just trying to give you a little bit here. Um, it says. I want to get some more of the ridiculous things here. Um, the rabbis endeavored to offer a rule or at least a precedent for every conceivable Sabbath question. Uh, um, the comprehensiveness of this tradition is revealed in the following ruling. If a building fell down on the Sabbath, enough rubble could be removed to discover if any victims were dead or alive. Okay, If alive, they could be rescued, but if dead, the corpses must be left in, until uh, sunset. Right? So you can look enough to see, right, is he alive? Well, we pull him out. But if he's dead, we got to leave the body there, okay, till after. Okay, it's crazy. All right, uh, it also says, I'm just going to kind of skip some of this, um, that, that a man could not carry something in his right hand or in his left hand across his chest or on his shoulder. But you could carry something with the back of your hand. I don't even know how you do that. Uh, with your foot, I, what would you carry with your foot, Brother Jim? I don't, I don't have any idea. Uh, with your elbow? How do you carry something with your elbow? All right, uh, or in your ear? <laughs> we, what are we carrying there, Kalen? Wax? I don't, sorry, sorry, y'all. Your hair on the hem of your shirt or your shoe and your sandal. Um, you are forbidden to tie a knot, except a woman could tie a knot in her girdle. All right, um, so if a bucket of water had to be raised from a well, you could not tie a rope to the bucket, but a woman could tie her girdle to the bucket. All right. Uh, some have said that there are even restrictions on how far one could walk or travel as well. The the numbers I saw were different. I mean, were ranged from anywhere from from a football field from 100 yards to 10,000 yards. So I, I don't know exactly. I saw both. Okay. But basically, the point is there was a limitation on how far you could walk. Okay. Um, and Wearsby added that basically this. In short, the Sabbath day had become a crushing burden a symbol of the galling religious bondage that had captured the nation. Tradition. Okay. Quick question here. Uh, well, I've already asked that about the disciples. But, um, you know, I know that we, we're not uh, you know, Israelites, but um, what would we have been, how would we have handled that? I wonder. It's kind of, I wonder how we would have, you know, handled. Would we have been more like the Pharisees? I, I was just curious. I, I think about that sometimes. Either way, they knew that this bothered them so they asked Jesus why. Why are these people, are these disciples eating? So the situation, again, is that disciples pick grain to eat on the Sabbath day, and the Pharisees ask why. Okay? Let's look at the next two verses. Mark chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to go slower. He said to them, Have you never read what David and those who are with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and also gave some to his companions. See, as good teachers would do back then, they would answer a question by asking a question. Okay, that was a way of teaching back then. Uh, Miss Donnie, you should try that tomorrow in your class. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, when they ask you a question, a ask one back. But it was it was uh, how uh, the good teachers would 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 handle things. So again, refreshment versus ritual. See, some of you, by the way, I got a side note. Some of you um, may notice now or later uh, when we get to it. All right, you may notice that the name of the high priest is different. Okay, I want to. I want to. So a little Bible study for just a second. I, I want to uh, bring that out. Okay, um, and so the re, you know, since the Jews didn't have chapters and verses as we have, 
Okay, they didn't have chapters and verses uh, in our Bibles today. Uh, Jesus could have been referring to a section which would have included Abiathar. And also Jesus could have used Abiathar's name because he was a more prominent person than Ahimelech, which is what you want to see. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of uh, mention that before we get to it. First Samuel 21. I should have told you that already. I'm sorry, I'm used to having that. Okay, First Samuel 21, verses 1 through 6. So stay with me. This is what David did. This is what Jesus is referring to. Okay, when he says, when he asks the Pharisees this question, have you never read what David did? Here's what he did. Okay, stay with me. David went to the priest Ahimelech at Nob. And again, I told you why it could have been different. Okay, um, Ahimelech was afraid to meet David, so he said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? David answered the priest Ahimelech, The king gave me a mission, but he told me, Don't let anyone know anything about the mission I'm sending you on or what I have ordered you to do. I have stationed my young men at a certain place. Now what do you do what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. The priest told him, There is no ordinary bread on hand. However, there is consecrated bread. But the young men may eat only if they have kept themselves from women. David answered him, I swear that women are being kept from us as always when I go out to battle. The young men's bodies are consecrated even on an ordinary mission. So of course their bodies are consecrated today. Verse 6, So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from the presence of the Lord. When the bread was removed, it had been replaced with warm bread. And so we have you know, uh, David and his soldiers on a mission all right, on, you know, uh, here, and they're hungry. All right? And they go into uh, you know, a, a place there where it was holy bread, but it, you know, it was allowed. Okay? So Jesus, again, basically questions their intentions. Right? Why are you asking me that? Let me go back to what he says. You see, he said to them, verse 25, 26, Have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? How, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and also gave some to his companions. So are we going to rely on ritual or are we going to realize that, that refreshment was needed, that, these, that these, these men needed something there at that time, Right? So again, Jesus questions their intentions. He establishes that what David and his men did was allowed because it was in a case of need. So Jesus was asking, isn't it possible that some actions are allowed in case of need? Um, listen, do, do you guys know of times when, when planned things didn't go as planned? Can y'all all say kind of amen to that? Like you, you planned something and it did not go as you, as you intended, okay? Um, and I was thinking how silly it is, but every Friday we give, we give can, candy to people wearing red Trojan shirts, okay, red or Trojan shirts. And, you know, I've been doing this a couple of years now, and candy's expensive, right? And, and I'm in the gym, and we have a whole lot more students than the rest of the, uh, the staff has. I mean, goodness, man, we're going to see. I have 125 myself. You know, and the other teacher probably has about the same. So we got about 250 kids getting candy, you know. And, and there was a time when you know, I had to tell the other coach, you're giving too much candy out, okay? Because we would give it to them if they just had a little red on their shoes or a red, you know, red part of their shirt. And I said, I told them about a month ago, I said, we got to stop, man. Got to stop, all right? It's got to be a red shirt, okay? A red shirt or Trojans because, I, 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 you know, my baby's got to eat. That's my old expression. My, I can't be affording candy for everybody. But anyway, it was not like I thought it was a good idea at the time. And it ended up being a lot of money. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, so again, in just situations like, you know, uh, maybe in times, uh, you know, it, it, 
this was a situation where things didn't come out as it, as it was intended. And that um, in this situation here, uh, let me clarify, in this situation, it was a situation of need. It's okay. All right? They're hungry. All right? Why are we always worried about ritual, okay, tradition? Of course, uh, you probably know that the Pharisees had other issues. Okay? They were trying to catch Jesus. Right? They're, trying to, they're trying to build a case against Jesus. Okay, oh, this Jesus, man, he was doing this. Uh, you know, uh, his, his disciples don't fast. And, and man, during, during the Sabbath, he's not really doing what he's supposed to do. Oh, that Jesus. He's tr- they're trying to build a case here. And I also want to bring out something uh, else here um, that, that is interesting. The idea of the fact that basically Jesus is saying, look, if it was okay for David to do it, it's okay for me. Right? I am the great and awesome king. Right. You don't know it yet, but I am. All right, and and, and he's he. France put it this way: um, that the, the focus of the scriptural allusion here is not therefore so much on what David did, as on the fact that it was David who did it. Okay? And the scripture records his act, illegal illegal as it was, with apparent approval. Stay with me. He said the logic of Jesus' argument therefore implies a covert claim to a personal authority, at least as great as that of David. He's saying. Something greater than David's here, Brother Tommy. All right? And if David can do it, then I can do it. Okay? You don't know yet, but I'm the king. Okay? He is the supreme authority in our lives. Amen? So while tradition is important, they shouldn't interfere with what Jesus desires because he is the supreme authority in our lives. Let's go to the last two verses here today. Mark 2, verses 27 through 28. Then he told them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man... Here it is, is Lord even of the Sabbath. He come out and said it. He he had a little veil claim. Oh, well, you know, David, it was okay for David. Y'all don't even know that I'm greater than David. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I'm the Son of Man. Okay? So the fourth the next thing we have here is a response. We have we have a situation. All right, y'all know what that is. We have the question from the Pharisees, and his response is this. Okay? Refreshment versus ritual. Earl said, human need is a higher law than religious ritualism. Human need. Jesus makes two big points here. Sabbath is made for man. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. It is simple, but it, but it will still preach. Sabbath is made for man. So he pointed out that man is not to be confined by the Sabbath, but rather that the Sabbath is given as a gift to man. A late second uh, century rabbi essentially agreed, said Edward, said the Sabbath has been given to you. You have not been given to the Sabbath. And a rabbi said that. So they're not even reading their own writing. Right? Basically, human need, refreshment, if you will, is more important than ritual. The Sabbath was made to serve man. Well, I don't know about you all, but this afternoon, around 2 o'clock, your brother Patrick's going to be enjoying the Sabbath. You hear me? All right, he's going to be enjoying it, and and and, it, and I might enjoy it for a couple hours. Okay, now I'm a you know a little background. I'm a, I'm a, a quick napper. I'm a power napper most of the times. When I get home, if I can take me a 20-minute nap, I'm fine. I can go. Okay, I get that from my dad. He used to pull over in the underneath the shade trees and take a nap, and you know, in the middle of the day, and then he kept going. All right, uh, so I, I can do that. Now, Sally can't. Now, bless her heart. She, uh, I'm like, did you sleep? No, she slept yesterday though. All right, there you go. I'm, I'm proud of you, baby. Um, but I especially love uh, a Sunday afternoon. Now, anybody with me on that? All right, you got you get your nap on Sundays. We we even like sometimes we'll make our girls, uh, you know, nothing. All right, you, you're gonna go to sleep today. All right, which I don't think I don't think we can really com- command that to happen. I wish we could. You know, be quiet. 
Yeah, I, I'm just like stop asking for stuff. I'm just playing. I love you. Uh, but um, speaking of naps, um, if a child refuses to sleep during nap time, are they guilty of resisting arrest? Sorry, Brother Tommy, you missed that one. All right, did you hear that one? Some of y'all like, man, that was too fast. All right, okay, I'll give you one more. Give you one more. Um, you know, a short a short nap once in a while can prevent old age, especially while driving. Um, okay. No, no, Miss Miss Audie. Okay, all right. So, I mean, again, what was the Sabbath for anyway? Right? It was it was for rest. It, it was for men and women to rest and enjoy. Is what that's what God, the Creator, did on the seventh day. Rested, right? So, uh, any application says Morgan of the Sabbath law, which operates to the detriment of man, is out of harmony with God's purpose. It, it's it's not ritual. It, it it's it's refreshment. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. The ESV study Bible says, if the Sabbath is for the benefit of mankind, and the Son of Man is Lord over all mankind, then the Son of Man is surely Lord even of the Sabbath. He's Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is above ritual. Amen? He's above ritual. So while traditions are important, they, they shouldn't interfere with what Jesus desires because He is the supreme authority. So as we close today, what about us? What about us? I mean, uh, what do we think about the refreshment versus ritual idea? You know, uh, do we put things above Jesus? I, I do sometimes. It's just easy to look down the Israelites and, and their thoughts on the Sabbath, but are there some things that we hold dear to our hearts that maybe aren't as important to Jesus as we think they are sometimes? Oh, you, you, you're going to go to meddling now instead of preaching, Brother Patrick. All right? But, you know, I, I think we do sometimes. I think we can put good things above God. You know, patriotism, I'm a very patriotic person, but I do think sometimes we can put patriotism above God. Right? Or we or we pastimes, right? Pastimes. We can put our, our things we love to do above God sometimes. I, I can be guilty of that. I love fantasy football. I'm in a football draft right now, all right? You know, going on. I, I love it. Uh, but sometimes I can put that above God or our preferences, you know, above God. Do we do that? If so, I want you to, I would, I would plead with you today to confess that today. And, and, and if you need spiritual rest, listen to this. And I actually started reading a book yesterday. And, and it's funny how God works because if y'all, y'all may remember that I try to stay ahead on my sermon preparation because I'm a little bit OCD. All right. And so I, I, I'll say a couple weeks ahead. And so I, wor- I worked on this sermon two weeks ago. Okay. And then yesterday I started reading a book that was given to me three months. Three months ago. I didn't even read it. Just picked it up yesterday. It's like, I want to read something. So, oh, this is good. I read like 60 pages, man. I'm sitting there like, you know, okay. And, and the main verse, the main scripture is what I'm about to read to you, okay? And the whole book is about this. But listen to these, 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 uh, these words. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Y'all know those words? Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, that's the Savior that we, that we serve today. Um, I, I, and, and when we come to Him, when we come to Jesus, and, and here I'm preaching a little bit uh, off the topic here somewhat, but... You know, I, I had to just share some of the thing, you know, something that was on my heart from what I read that really stood out to me. And I was talking to the girls and Sally about it, you know, this morning as we we're driving. And, 
you know, to hear. It's like, you know, what, what is our natural inclination? What do we naturally do whenever we know we messed up? When we were growing up with our parents, it's to kind of flee from them, right? To hide from them, think they're going to be upset with us, right? You know, um, and, I, and I don't know why I even thought about this, but let me tell you something that happened last year when I was a dean. And y'all know I struggled being a dean. I hated it. Had a young man that was caught um, caught with a vape, but the young man's dad had, had within the year, given his life to Christ. And um, his dad and I are, are decent friends, you know, uh, acquaintances slash friends, and we went to school together. And I called him, had to tell him what, what, what we found on him, on his son. Um, and uh, the young man came back to my office later and said that his dad had called him called him and told him he says man I love you okay? we're going to get through this together I, I broke down crying when he told me because that's not what normally happens normally the parent is, is I can't believe you did that you're going to be in big trouble he was like okay we know we have a situation but listen I just want you to know that I love you okay and my point is, see, Jesus, Jesus says that his, his burden is light, right? He, he, he says, uh, I'm lowly and humble in heart. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, and while that's a very good example, it's not close to what Jesus does for us. Amen. See, we, we mess up, and we, if we have accepted Christ our Savior, and we go to him and say, God, I'm sorry, right? That's what he died for. He died for our sins. He wants us to come to him. Right, Brother Tommy? He wants us to. He's not turning you away. He's not. He, what did he do with the leper a couple weeks ago? Did he shun the leper, Miss Jan? He didn't shun the leper. Like, he touched the leper. Right? He welcomed the leper. Well, he does the same thing with us. So if there's something that, that you need to repent of, uh, ask God to forgive you and know that he's not running away from you. Right? He wants you to come to him. He wants to give you that forgiveness. Because right? he died for it. He died for that. I'm going to end with this. John 6, verse 37. I'm going to read it King James first. Okay? The second part of John 6, 37 says this. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. All right? That'll preach. If you come to Jesus, if you come to him, he will in no way cast you out. He'll never cast you out. Okay? Your relationship with him is in his hands. Okay? So if it needs to be restored, just say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. All right? And if you've never made a decision to ask God to be your Savior and Lord, just know that what He did on the cross counted for you. And it's a matter of saying, God, I thank you for that. I accept what has been done on the cross as counting for me in my place. If you haven't made a decision, I pray that you'll do that today as we come sing. Yeah.